0: Hello and welcome to Kid Quest episode. i'm your host mike persona 5 coming to switch apps and with me is alex
1: not late to the party And this episode might be short we started late
0: yes we started late and i think we wasted all our energy uh two days ago on a Mm long-awaited announcement
1: Listen, I was gonna make joke, and like I was, I had all like an entire bit planned where I was gonna keep interrupting you while you fucking started like trying to come up with like, oh, this is what, like this, an important announcement happened, and I was just gonna fucking come in with all the other shit that's been talked about, like, oh yeah, Star Ocean Six release date got announced, and then you did this shit to me. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> Stuffed on my bed. You ruined no. my bed.
1: No, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, no. The real important piece of information is the Atari
0: fiftieth anniversary collection. Oh,
1: that <laughs> oh, has Jaguar games on it. You need Jaguar in your life. No, I don't.
0: No one does.
1: You were gonna play Fight for Life with me, and you were gonna oh, like it. Oh fuck! We're gonna play Atari Card. We'll play Tempest two thousand for a break
0: from the bad things. I don't like Atari.
2: And then along came Atari. Oh,
0: man. I remember a few years ago, like, my brother got some old, one of those Atari plug-in-the-TV things for Christmas. From Jack's Pacific. I played that for a little bit. It's like, wow, these games suck.
1: Well, this one has, like, an. In, this one has them, like, integrated into a
0: timeline-based
1: documentary, so that's kind of neat. Uh, I guess. It's
2: being made by the people making the Teenage Mutant
0: Ninja Turtles Collection. Ugh, oh, that means it's probably going to be nice. Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to engage in this shit. have you gotten Not to play bad. the Capcom Fighting Collection yet.
1: Yeah, we haven't. We need to at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a Nintendo Direct. Yes. A mini one.
0: Yes, as we had discussed previously about all the smoke about there being a Nintendo Direct this week, there was obviously a Nintendo Direct this week. Um. Though obviously the news that it was going to be a third party only thing came later on.
2: Yeah. but I mean, it had it had
0: like the game we've all been waiting for, Pac-Man yes. World Repacked. Yes, exactly. I mean, did you I... see that?
1: <laughs> I, I adore how much Namco is trying to unexist Miss Pac-Man.
0: <laughs> was she but in like, Pac-Man World?
1: <laughs> yeah, because like the cause of Pac-Man pac-man world's original premise was that it was the 20th anniversary of pac-man so think about that pac-man is over 40 now but uh that it was the 20th anniversary of pac-man and uh all of his relatives got kidnapped and so you the opening cutscene involves miss pac-man getting kidnapped huh. and they did not change that so the opening cutscene of this seems to involve this weird fake miss pac-man getting kidnapped oh god and you may ask yourself, this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> this is not my beautiful life.
0: Uh, the but worst yeah, part uh, is I'm going to purchase and play that thing. Whatever it is.
1: What, Pac-Man World Rebaked?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, uh, Pac-Man World is a good game. Like, that is a good
0: platformer. I would hope so, if it's clean re- re- Well, I mean... I mean, Ty, the Tasmanian Tiger, has been re-released, so I guess a re-release That's not a bad game that. either, you're just being... <laughs> yeah, I you know, I keep looking to pick that up at some point. I, with...
1: I sat through Bubsy 3D and you wouldn't play more than like
0: 10 well, minutes. Listen, and out, like I am months. actively looking for Balan Wonderlo- Wonderland for like 5 bucks, and I ain't going to play yes. that on stream, so...
1: Okay, okay. But yeah, like... So yeah, I'm going to go down like the actual uh, list of things that were shown at this part Direct. That was pretty dense. Let's see.
2: Let's see. Um,
1: partnership here's recap.
0: Uh, they showed, It started with just uh, the Monster Hunter Rise expansion. Understandable. it's oh, yeah. understandable this week
1: it is out i believe uh as of about 30 minutes ago from when we started is it yeah
0: i should see if my steam code is active so i can start that downloading that Let's... Let's
2: see. sorry i've got this down in my head
1: Okay, I'm just trying to find the full list of it. I can actually go down them and make sure that we don't miss anything.
0: Well, I can go the other big surprise and talk about the other big surprise, which is... Uh...
1: No, you're, you you got to hold some
0: surprises. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, to get things out of the way, they showed some stuff we've already seen. Minecraft Legends, Sonic Frontiers, Monster Hunter, Sunbreak... Uh, Mario and Rabbit's Sparks of Hope which now has a release date, I believe it's now in October
0: Yep I just uh, pre-ordered a gold version of that today
1: Steelbook. Steelbook Some sort some sort of Disney thing that I have no idea what it is no Or cares. the Harvest Mooney construction Somehow not the only farming simulator for a major company announced Yeah,
0: that. that Can I talk about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Talk about Harvestella. Harvestella. There were a lot of fun jokes on that. I saw um, uh, Tom from Way Forward was like, um, "Oh, I see." Square Enix saw Rune Factory and decided to obliterate it from existence. (laughs) A
1: bit tragic, but also not wrong.
0: (laughs) No, no, because it looks like it. It looks like Rune Factory. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like Rune Factory as made by like I got like. Crystal Chronicles vibes out of it.
1: Yeah. Honestly, it would surprise me if at some point it was a proposed Crystal Chronicles game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks it looks really good. It looks like that mix of farming and RPGing that, uh, that's why we like Crystal Factory PG, so much, you know. except with a lot more polish because they have a fucking budget, clearly.
2: I like so much uh, more
0: budget. I mean that's obviously a genre that is I don't know how precisely big it is, but I mean it's definitely popular. Especially you look at how much uh, business whatchamacallit, has done.
1: It's a very steady market.
0: Yeah. Stardew Valley. That's what my brain's thinking. Of. Yeah, but it's
1: it's one of those things where it's like. It's more
0: surprising that it's taken so long
1: for like a bigger player to try to make a play at that market. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I I think there's room in that market for more games, so I don't I don't begrudge them making Harvestella. I think that's a decent idea. Yeah, uh, I mean that looks, you know, I'm more interested in that than the weird Disney one. Much more interested that, but what you're gonna do, what you're gonna do. Um, uh, yeah, that's been uh, they, they were very, they were because this was a part of Direct,
0: nothing published by Nintendo or that has their hands in it when they got announced, so. yeah.
1: But uh, it's
0: fine, their schedule's kind of tapped out for most of the year.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably
0: hear something more about, like,
1: Band of 3 or uh, some of the other things that they have coming down the pike eventually this year, because I think Band 3 is still scheduled for this year, but there's not really enough uh, reason to do that yet. Oh, uh, the, the real thing everyone's
0: been waiting for,
1: uh, Super Bomberman R2.
0: Oh god, that's right. That, <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that happened.
1: It looks fine. It's Bomberman.
0: Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's always su- surprising to see uh, Konami do anything. Really. Yeah,
1: but it's unsurprising that it's just Bomberman again. Yeah. because That's relatively low budget. Um, but hey, Mega Man Battle Network legacy collection. Yeah,
0: I was not expecting that. Uh, I, I, I figured that it
1: had to happen eventually, because they kept hinting that like it had been planned for the series 20th anniversary, yeah. and that COVID had delayed it. But, yeah. So, uh, Battle Networks 1 through 6, all versions of them. Uh, which means that there are 8 games worth playing, and 2 that should be thrown into a demonic pit. Um... <laughs> Because, you know, one, two, three, all good. Four is hell. Five and six, good. But, yeah, uh, like all, all the versions of those. So, like, Battle Network 3 had two versions. Uh, Battle Network 4 had two versions. Five had two versions. Technically, Five had three versions, but one of them's a DS game that all it really does is just combine. Like, it doesn't even properly combine them, it just gives you the option to choose between them has some bonus content that will be in there, I don't think. Although who knows, they might they might surprise us. And Battle Network Six has two versions. And un- unlike Pokemon, there's often some very substantive differences between them. I think. Uh so like to put it in perspective, uh Battle Network 3 sucks, and you shouldn't play it. But both versions of it... Like, the entire game is essentially composed of semi-random different filler plots. Like, that's part of why it sucks. But basically, so, like, uh, you're you're in a tournament, and your next opponent is determined at random, I believe, at game... At, like, file creation. So, like, you'll get a list of opponents that happen, but that's all determined when the file is created. (laughs) But basically, like... You know, you can there. There can be up to three different scenarios for a bunch of these things that you get essentially at random, and each game has its own different scenarios that can show up. So, like, you'll have entirely different subplots and dungeons based on which version you're playing and how many times you played through it. Uh, which sucks because again, Battle Network Four is bad. Although this is uh, a worthwhile re-release in that in a preservationist sense, because there is a Bug playing Battle Network 4 Blue Moon on anything but an original GBA, by which I mean it even do- it even breaks on the DS. <laughs> there is a specific scenario, I believe it's Woodman's scenario, that uh, if you enter the menu at any point during it, it causes the game to slow to a crawl for like at least ten solid minutes. Wow, and makes the game basically unplayable. Like, uh taking an entire minute to refresh the screen for one frame uh it needs to be run on either like a very accurate emulator or uh like you know original gba hardware and so for preservation's sake the fact that this will exist it will function make that version functional as good uh but battle network 5 the differences between the two versions are so strong that you could make a very Conscious and cognizant argument that one version of it is straight up just non canon. <laughs> because uh, Battle Network 5 split into Battle Network 5 Team Proto Man and Battle Network 5 Team Colonel. Um, Team Proto not canon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way huh. I can describe it. Uh, to, to describe it properly. Uh, because uh, the the name comes from like in Team Proto Man, your team is led by the operator who owns Proto Man. In Team Kernel, your uh, team is led by the operator who owns uh, Kernel, and uh, you have an entirely different team with entirely different subplots that so you get there in both of them. So like you just you're just playing essentially a different parallel story each time. And the problem is Battle Network Six doesn't make any sense if you don't know who Colonel is and who his operator is and it really expects you to know and care who they are like the the entire game is kind of linchpinned on that and if you're playing team Cr- Proto Man, Colonel shows up in one scene that's it there's oh, just God. none of him so, like, you kind of have to play Team Kernel before you play that either version of Battle Network Six, because they both only kind of make sense if you're playing if you previously played Team Kernel, because again, a lot of the plot revolves around Kernel and his operator. Uh, so, just a just a friendly piece of advice: if you're trying to play through these in a way that makes sense, uh, definitely make sure you played Kernel before you play either of uh, B's or or B's Falzar. But no, they're, they're good games, like five out of the, the, you know, eight out of ten or five out of six, however you want to count them, are all very good and worth buying. So I was very happy to see those get a legacy collection. The only thing that made me a little sad was uh, I f- like it, I'd love to be proven wrong, but uh, it's hard for me to imagine them selling a Mega Man Star Force collection just by itself. Yeah, there are only three games, uh, like three, one, two, three games in that. Uh, there are versions of each of them, but the actual differences between the versions are much smaller. Especially Star Force One, I can speak for, has kind of like no, like very, very mild
0: differences.
1: It's does like, does this collection yeah.
0: include the GameCube?
1: No, it does not include game. network transmission. Okay. You should thank them
0: for that. Yes.
1: It's curious. That game sucks shit. It, it does, does not include uh, it does not include Battle Network 4.5 Real Operation. It does not include Battle Chip Challenge. It's just the main games. Uh, network transmission is frustrating because it's very close to being good, but it doesn't quite reach it. Like if it with a few simple tweaks they could have made a good game and okay. it doesn't quite manage it.
2: Um, what was I going to say about it? Oh, it also
1: doesn't include wonders for, them. so, uh, sad song in the world's smallest violin. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, it, it has the, it has the core games that matter and they, uh, if it's anything like the prior legacy collections, cause like one of the things it's nice about, uh, like, well, okay. How to describe this. Uh, There's a lot of stuff in the Battle Network games that's locked off by interacting with other versions of the games. And I would suspect that that's still possible, uh, but I also would uh, suspect that there will be easier ways to unlock it without interacting with other players. Uh, And I say that because the prior uh, collections have have been very uh, carefully designed to make sure that all of the content that was, like, previously required, like Byzantine unlock Conditions, is now actually, like, obtainable. So, like, uh, one of the things I really liked about the uh, Zero and Zex Legacy Collection was that if you... Uh, is that it has all of the e-reader content for the Zero games, and it has the ability to... Uh, sort of spoof the uh like there was a there was unlockable content in zex uh that would unlock if you had 03 or 04 uh inserted into the gba slot and it, it emulated that as well so like in general the legacy collections have thus far been very uh very circumspect in making sure that you can access content that is normally very obnoxious to get hold of. So uh, I I would suspect that they will be making similar allowances for uh, Battle Network. The real big one that I'm curious what they're going to do about it, because this game actually would have required some licensing, because uh, unless they have uh, done some significant edits, there's a lot of Boktai advertisements, which (laughs) is a franchise that Konami owns. Ah, yeah. Uh, especially if they want to maintain the Japanese versions where uh, and, and this is something that I, I have mild hope they'll have done something about but basically Battle Network 6 has an entire bonus dungeon that's just Boktai shit. It's all Boktai and uh, it was designed to to tie into uh, Boktai 3 which did not come out in the US so the US version hastily cut it it's partially translated but unimplemented in, in the English version. But in Japan, there's just a giant bonus dungeon that's just all boktai. And I'm hopeful that that will be uh, that they might integrate that content into the Legacy Collection version. I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like a very nice, uh, a very nice collection. I'm very excited about that. So. Uh, but the real announcement we we were all waiting for. Yes. Portal was released. Yes. <laughs> war were declared. Unless, of course. War were declared. But yeah. Um, Okay, I'll stop beating around the bush. There were a couple. Of, there were a couple of things that uh, people were looking for. Uh, hey, remember near.
0: I do. It was that game that uh, Platinum made that apparently people liked. I know it's horribly yeah, Near Automata?
1: Yes. I mean, because it's horribly depressing, people
0: like it. But, um,
1: yeah, Near Automata, the end of Yara edition. for Switch. Uh, I'm going to double dip. I'm going to try to actually finish it this time.
0: Yeah, I dumped off my PS4 copy.
1: It is forty dollars, which hey, at least they're not charging a full sixty for a game that is a full four years old on the stage. Yeah. Um, and it comes with six new costumes because mm-hmm. someone at Square realized the easiest way to sell another copy of your Automata is the robot with the big ass has a new costume.
0: Also, if you work. if you pre-ordered it as fast as I did, you get a shirt. Anyone I want can't believe shirt. you
1: pre-ordered it that fast. Why on earth did you pre-order it that fast?
0: Well, because it was just up there. I was like, okay. <laughs> whatever. So, is that
1: shirt sold out recently? Yeah. Fucked up. Fucked up If true.
0: Yeah. I ain't going to sell that <laughs> shirt because it's not my size.
1: What size is it? Large. Are you, in, are you a medium person? No,
0: I'm an extra large. mm well, I can wear a large shirt, so they're just a little too, too snug for my liking. I gotcha, I gotcha.
1: Let's see. But yeah, that's coming out. Uh, if you're a frame rate snob, it's apparently locked at 30, which shouldn't surprise anyone. But it looks like, it, I mean, Platinum knows the switch back to
0: front of the stage. It's going to look great rate. on the swollet, so. Okay.
1: Yeah, and honestly, uh, the, the reason I don't care personally, because usually I don't care about frame rate, but I do care about it on. Platinum games, usually, but uh, I've got a few reasons that I don't care. One, uh, the game kind of never ran great. Nope. Like it, it would usually be at 60, and then something would happen. Like, it would get really weird dips. And the other thing is that I think it's one of the worst combat systems Platinum's ever done. <laughs> Which isn't to say it's a bad combat system. I just think it's a very boring one. Like it has no it has nothing to it there. I'm like, oh that's that's what makes this game feel unique from other platinum games. It's just yeah. like this is the most uh the most workmanlike combat that Platinum's have done. Like it's if the combat is what's getting you through your I I don't think there's much to get you through that game that you couldn't get from any of their other games and yeah. have a better time
0: uh, uh I remembered of it is it felt like they tr- were trying to take too much from near one which has guess, just awful combat yeah that's like no no you don't have to you that's, don't have to that's do another
1: that. game with very boring Friends, combat um, no
0: why stop
1: the whole point of getting platinum on here was to be a good combat but it, it's just one of those things where it's like it's it's not bad combat it's Boring combat. It's like, yeah. again, not even, even boring is being a little harsh, but it's like, it is unspectacular combat. Like and you, that feels when, weird coming from
0: um, When you've played Bayonetta and you go and play that, it's like, okay.
1: Bayonetta, Astral Chain, Wonderful 101. Yeah, like, I really need to play uh, Astral
0: Chain at some point.
1: Yeah, because Astral Chain is like, that's a weird ass combat system, and that's very loved or hated, but it's extremely like, it, you would not. You could not just say, "Oh, well, I've already experienced this because I play other uh, platinum games." Like it doesn't feel like any of them. Uh, and you know, that's that's the thing is that like uh, near automata, like in terms of its combat, feels like a platinum game where they have made the basic the basic combat flow, and then it's just waiting for a gimmick to be applied on top of it, like something yeah. that gives it a new wrinkle. And it just never had that. It's just very basic. But, you know, I don't, I, like, the combat being, uh, the combat is not, I don't think, the core draw for most people. Like, it's fine. It doesn't need to be, uh, it doesn't per se need to be better than it is. It's fine. The, like, the thing that people care about with Nira and Nira Automata is the, like, writing shit. And, you know, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try to care about your Taro's writing, and we'll see what happens. But, you know. I, I every time that this kind of cold hit comes out and i don't get it i will try it like five or six times until i finally give up or
0: learn to like it but yeah uh
1: that's, that's where like i'm at
0: here someone needs to take his silly moon head and shove him in a locker
1: wow well, owned yeah let's talk about the other thing the thing that you already spoiled you jag you and yes
0: the thing the big big announcement that I already King. spoiled. Every... Mario and rabbits <laughs> is coming in October,
2: <laughs>
0: and I'm uh, here for it. Oh anyway, uh, yeah! I'm ready for tactical rabbit nonsense.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that got its own presentation as well. Did you watch that, or did, did anyone? Did
0: that happen already?
1: Yeah, was I was like today? this morning. Ah oh, fuck! Yeah, that happened like this morning. I'll have to look that up. But
2: yeah, it looks good. I mean, the original was good. This looks good.
0: It Should be good. I yeah, to, I don't have to be sold anymore. Yeah, no, it's just like the yeah. It's, yeah, it's just like anything. Xenoblade. Even though I watched that one, it's like I don't really need to be watching this.
1: There's nothing that this can tell me that. Like the yeah. the best thing I've heard about Xenoblade Three is it doesn't have the randomized system anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Good enough.
0: Uh,
1: there's a live a live demo out now
0: yeah I should play that at some point
1: yeah uh, there's a sequel to Doraemon Story of Seasons that feels weird to me yeah. <sighs> did
0: you hear
1: did you hear the crayon uh, shin-chan slash boku no Yasumi, uh, game got an announcement as coming to, out mm. in English no uh, yeah, so for those who are unaware, uh, Chin-chan, uh, plus Boku no Natsu Yasumi was like a weird, so Boku no Yasumi is a long-running cult hit franchise in Japan, it's made by a company called Millennium Kitchen, and it's basically, it's what it sounds like, Boku no Yasumi means "my summer Vacation. And it's just like it is a run around in an idyllic rural Japanese area and do very mundane rural Japanese child things and just soak in the atmosphere. Crayon Shin-chan is a uh, manga about an a little asshole child uh, who, you know, is just the epitome of being an asshole Japanese five year old, uh, and. Naturally, neither of these things has a foothold in, in America. Crayon Shin chan has been uh, att- had attempts at localizing it a few times. It, uh, you know, it did not do great, and no one has ever even attempted to localize it with a Anatias in the game. But for some reason, uh, the crossover between the two is getting a localization, which is extremely funny. <laughs> But yeah, that wasn't at the Nintendo Direct, I just thought it was funny. There were a couple of things that were only in the, at the Japanese Nintendo Direct, though. Uh, did you hear about... Uh, about the Monster Rancher uh, revival? No. Yeah, the Japanese Direct, they showed a revival of the Monster Rancher franchise. one huh. of the also runs of the... Uh, one of the also-rans of the Pokemon and Tamagotchi era. And the gimmick of this revival is that you are... Like, the reason that we are absolutely never getting this, but, you know, fingers crossed it would be very funny if we did. Uh, the gimmick of this is that you are not raising the traditional Monster Rancher monsters, you are raising the monsters that Ultraman beats the shit out of.
0: It's <laughs> okay, extremely that, strange. That sounds weird.
1: I don't know how this particular brand deal ended up happening,
0: but yeah,
1: that's uh, that's coming.
0: That's a thing.
1: But now, the news we've all been waiting for. The new version of a game called Dragon Quest.
0: Yes, Dragon Quest Treasures with a release date. Was that... Yep,
1: December 9th,
0: I think. Did they yeah, originally confirm that as coming west?
1: I believe they said that was coming
0: west. Okay, because I couldn't remember. So I wasn't sure if that was also, like, confirmation of it coming west. Uh, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't remember if that was one of the ones that was like, this will be coming west of the big Dragon Quest thing or not. But, yeah, Dragon Quest Treasures, uh, December 9th. This is what became of the uh, long and tortured development of that Dragon Quest Monsters game they announced, like, four years ago. Yeah. Uh and it, it looks cute. It looks yeah, fun. It looks and really cool. Apparently, apparently, it's currently a Switch
0: exclusive, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, random side note: the Contra collection on Switch is on sale for five bucks. Currently in the process. Yeah, that's a lot of, of go- good. That's a lot of good games. Currently in the process of purchasing.
1: <laughs> yeah, with all that's on that, there's uh, one, two, uh, one Super C Hardcore Alien Wars. I believe uh,
0: it's got two versions of one.
1: Oh, probably. It's probably the NES and arcade version. Yeah. Same with uh, Super C and Super Contra are probably both there. <laughs> Let me check what's all, what else on that. It's, it's
2: a neat game. Um, well, all games are on this shit? God. Well, would you not just tell me all the games on it? Would you not just put that in the store page? <laughs> Just put that on
1: the star page. Just put, that, just put that.
0: It's not on the store page? It's not.
1: For some reason. Okay, there we go. Contra Arcade. Super Contra. Uh, the North American version of Contra on the NES. The Famicom version of Contra. Super C. Contra 3 The Alien Wars. Contra Hardcore. Super Probotector Alien Rebels. That is the European version of Contra 3. Uh, Probotector, I believe that is the European version of Contra Hardcore. Uh, and Operation C, which is a largely forgotten uh, Game Boy spin off. So, you yeah, know, there, there isn't a bad one on that one. Nice. Uh, there's, some, there's some oddities that it would have been nice to see included. Uh, there's a really impressive port of Contra 3 to the Game Boy done by Factor 5 of all companies, so you can, the developers behind things like Star Wars Rogue Squadron, mm. but for some reason they ported Contra Three to the Game Boy, and it's actually a really impressive
0: port. Um, oh god, hold on! And my notification noise just went off, but I can't find my notification thing.
1: Ah! Hi, Tim. Uh,
0: uh but let's see. Oh, RP Gamer hosted your channel with seven viewers. Hello. So oh well.
3: sorry for sorry for the delay we ran a little long on uh backtrack
0: <sighs> shocking you not... talked you over talked about final fantasy 14 I no we're not being mean about that tonight okay no i'm not being mean i'm just saying i'm not surprised i know looking at was not with, on not the with show, me and noodle there <laughs> yeah no that was not gonna be a short show
3: that's three half hours not counting editing so not bad
2: Yes Ooh, <laughs> Let's
1: see.
3: I mean it's better than me carrying a World of Warcraft backtrack for two hours.
1: yeah, that's why I don't play my the mouse. Um...
3: <laughs> well this yeah. this one was great I, I noodle by the way I, I want to thank you while you're still in the channel that uh, it was fun bouncing back and forth with you about fourteen. It really was.
1: Uh, to, to finish out, uh, before we
3: so was, did I miss any questions important or not really? We have um, not,
1: we, we started real late,
3: so we, we've just been slowly talking with Nintendo Direct. Direct, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and, yeah uh, the Direct
3: actually had quite a bit that we covered, yeah,
1: yeah, no, we, we, we've hit quite a bit. And yeah. then we actually jumped through a couple. Like, we haven't gotten out. to
0: the thing yet, though. The big one.
1: Uh, they finally showed They showed some footage of Return to Monkey Island. That's interesting to me and, like, 12 other people. Uh, I'm one of those 12 people. I'm glad. That's why we're friends. Noodle uh, said hi
3: on the RP Gamer channel. Hi, Island. Noodle.
1: Hello. Hey, Noodle. But, let's see. Uh... But yeah, it's good to see Return to Monkey Island. Uh, it's got like a weird paper craft aesthetic. It looks kind of cute. Uh, love to see the Return of Murray the Skull. That was an alt. Ulti- that was a uh, the person making the person directing Return to Monkey Island uh, was the director of Monkey Island One and Two. He did not conceive Murray, but one of the things that he once upon a time said about. Uh,
3: so I've hosted. I will be back though because my wife's not feeling well, so I got to run down to Walgreens for some supplies. <laughs> See you, Godspeed.
1: But I, I just want to bring up so Return to Monkey Island, for those unaware. Monkey Island 1 and 2 had a different director and creative team from uh, 3, 4, 5. So this is an alternate sequel to Monkey Island 2 that ignores 3, 4, and 5 because it's the return of the director of 1 and 2. Uh But he talked about, way back in the day, how he wanted to make another Monkey Island. He didn't think he'd ever get the chance to, but if he did, he would feel completely free to steal uh, characters and concepts from the later games if he liked them. And so one of the first things we see in this trailer is Murray the Talking Skull from Monkey Island 3.
4: (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. Um, It was
0: really, really funny in that game, so...
1: Oh yeah, no, he's great. He's great. He's great even in games that aren't great. Like I love Escape from Monkey It's not a great game, but he's great in that. Where he's just like a uh, Starbucks spokesperson, spokesperson, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like screaming at people. like he's 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 like a horrible mascot. He's just like screaming at people walking past it, like hey, you need to come in here, and like no one wants to, no one fucking wants to go in there because he's just screaming at them. <laughs> But you can like walk up to him and like spin him around and do shit to him, and he doesn't, he can't really do anything. He's a talking skull, he doesn't do anything, he can't move. So, you can just be very mean to him, it's very funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you've never played any of the prior Monkey Islands, uh, one and two special edition are still 100% available on Steam, and I mean, I would personally recommend uh, using the original graphics. I don't think that the remade graphics that they made for them look Fit the look and mood of the series very well, but like they absolutely allow you to play them on the island just fine, so and they're still very fun, very funny games. Um, some other uh, some other indie games got shown are indie adjacent, I suppose, Uh, like Blanc, which looks like a game that can really only have a depressing ending because it's about like a Fox or like a wolf or something and a like baby deer working together and that's like one of those things where it's like nothing, not no happy endings here. Uh, like nothing good will come of this. Uh, Little Noah, Sion of Paradise, which is like a Psy Games thing. I don't know much about it, and uh, some sort of train construction game. Nice. Real so yeah, a lot, a lot of little things, a lot of big things. Oh,
0: uh, oh, thank you for the follow, Noodle. Much appreciated. What were you saying? Uh, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, in your honor, Noodle, I will not trash talk Final Fantasy XIV for a while.
1: Good on you.
2: Um, but hey...
1: The thing we've been waiting for. Yes. I've run out of excuses to like pretend that we aren't. We are going to talk about it.
0: Persona switch um, all the personas, everyone. Yeah. Well,
1: all the all of the modern. Yes. Just to say, all the ones in the last fifteen years. Because uh, Persona Three Portable, Persona Four Golden, Persona Five royal. Uh, only Royal is getting a physical release. Um, I think anything because they had like an infographic up. was like these are the things they're being released on. Yeah, like the the ones with asterisks will uh, not have physical release. Will not have physical releases. And so there's like an asterisk next to all the Steam versions, obviously. But there's also like uh, there's asterisks next to every version of Persona Four and Persona Three. Like those are digital only on every platform. <laughs> Well, we'll, well, five,
0: we'll see. Persona hmm. 4 Arena, the re-release that got like Asian physical releases, so yeah, that'll pro- probably, probably come form. out.
1: Yeah, just not in England, not in America. Right. But yeah, but Persona 5 Royal is getting an American physical release, and it'll have all the DLC that I didn't buy, so I win <laughs> for my third means... playthrough of this hundred-hour RPG.
0: I am looking forward to it. Honestly. Yeah, no, I'm... uh, Yeah, I didn't tell you yet, but I decided I'm going to just turn the game down to easy, polish off that final boss in the Royal content,
1: Mm. and
0: and then ceremoniously delete Personify Royal from my PS5. I
1: think my favorite thing that's come out of this, and by favorite I mean what is wrong with people, is... Uh, I saw a comparison video that's like, but how does it run on Switch? And it's like, motherfucker, it's a barely upgraded PS3 game. It'll run fine. Yeah.
0: There's, <laughs> there's nothing tec- technically impressive about Persona 5. It's all art style.
1: It, it is like all the environments are tiny. Yeah. All of them. Like it's, it's gorgeous because they've done a great job with the shading and art style. There's technically very little going on here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be It's fine. going to look fine. It's going to be fine. The most annoying thing to come out of all of this, though, is all the Persona oh, 3 no. super fans coming out of the woodworks.
1: We're going to drop what is honestly not a terribly hot take, and it's one that I've dropped before. But I'm going to do it again. Uh, Persona 3 is a very important game for them figuring out. What Persona's identity was comparative to other game uh, to other RPGs at the time, comparative to other games at the time, the uh, it's it's a very important game in that sense. It is thematic black hole (laughs) Uh, Persona Three thematically from. its very first breath is about the inevitability of death and what we fill our lives with before we die. It does not make the most of that theming. and It does not have anything interesting to say about that theming, no, which is why even, I despise it.
0: I didn't even pick up that that was the theme, honestly. Uh,
1: it's like, because like it's all over the game. Like, like Remember You Will Die
0: is the game.
1: Memento is all over that fucking game. But, you know, it's just
0: the cast of the game doesn't even like that game.
1: <laughs> or I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's part of it because, like, when you're talking about like, well, what do we fill our lives with? And like, that's the reason that, like, you theoretically, that's the reason that you make with social links. What we fill our lives with is other people. Right. Like, that is supposed to be the thematic tie between the game and its mechanics. Problem is, all of the relationships that you fill your life with in Persona Three are kind of badly written and very superficial. It doesn't work in that sense because you know in order for you need like strong relationships to make that the thematic underpinning if you're going to say that like humans are the reasons that our lives are worth living like that's a you know fairly normal fairly uh reasonable thing but you know in (laughs) the version that we're given here it's like the links are poorly written enough and basic enough that they don't feel like they reflect an interesting relationship. Also, your character's kind of a sociopath for most of them. Yeah. Noodle uh, says that they're upset that there are no uh, fun or reward thingies. I assume that's to do with like the points that you. Oh, my points.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I will. I will add it to my list of things to do. <laughs>
1: So give it time, but yeah, um, uh, but yeah. Fun, fun, fundamentally, uh, you know, when you when you set out with like, because like the games tend to outline, Persona Three and Four both outline their themes. Uh, when you die, when you game over, It's like Persona Three goes on this long, walk, this long thing about how like, every person's journey is a march towards their own destruction. And then Persona 4, when you game over, it's talking about how, like, the importance of searching for truth, because like, they are very on the nose about what their plots are about. But yeah, like, ugh, P3 just, like, there, there's too much that they haven't yet figured out, there's too much they haven't yet committed to, and there's too much that just doesn't meaningfully contribute to the thematic whole of the game. So, you just end up with this thing where it's, like, it's important, and I'm glad that they had this experiment, but I think that it's kind of a boring game to go back to. <laughs> and it's full of uh, characters who are miserable, but not for reasons that have a useful tie into the thematic underpinnings of the plot. Like, the characters are miserable and they make each other miserable, but, like, the resolutions of them trying to not make each other miserable does not involve them, like, developing any sort of sense of the value of life. In a meaningful sense, it's just I was sad, but then I had a thing that I cared about, and so I stopped being sad. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. You, like when when your underpinning is that, it's like you know, because Persona Three, the the you know, each of these has like a very clear thematic like baseline that they're theoretically building off Because Persona Three has to remember you will die. Persona Four has like searching for the truth, even when like it, you know like, avoiding pat answers, which is why I know why they cut this, but I'm always kind of sad that they did. Persona 4 uh, Golden made it so it was easier to get the true ending of Persona 4, because originally uh, in Persona 4, in its vanilla release, you had to uh, go back to the meeting place where the investigation team always met up. And it would tell you, like, there's nothing to do here. Don't Why don't you want to go home? And then you had to Say you didn't want to go home and try to go there again, and then it would be like, "Is there a reason trying to go back here?" Because it was like you had to catch out, of course, that there was something obviously still unclear about this entire plot. Mm. And you know, that's thematically the mechanics resonating with that. But it was uh, it was obnoxiously obtuse, so they cut it. They made it so that it just asked you that the first time you tried to go there. But yeah, like, uh, and of course Persona 5's uh, entire underpinning—whether it successfully addresses it or not—is uh, a matter of debate. But its entire thematic underpinning is unjust power structures, right? And the you know destruction of uh, said power structures by like the cleansing power of essentially forcing them to admit the uh, like moral bankruptcy that underpins them. But yeah, it's like, wh- whether you li- love it or hate it, it is very much, like, much more focused in on that concept than Persona 3 is on uh, its its death underpinning, because uh, if nothing else, uh, and this is the thing that will always bother me, Persona 3 just doesn't have much to say about death.
0: No. <laughs> at like the I end, said, you die but, to... Yeah.
1: At the end, you die to save the planet, but, like, the way, the reason, how, and why that happens doesn't really add up to much, and so like it doesn't add if you spend... much,
0: they don't explain it, and they don't really like, they don't. It just the game just kind of ends, so you don't even get to really.
1: You don't have to ruminate on that decision. Yeah. Uh so it's just one of those things where it's like, if you're gonna base your entire game around something. You have to say at least something about it. And it can it doesn't have to be something complex. Like Persona 4 and Persona 5 are not fundamentally saying complex things about the things that they're talking about, but they're saying something. And (laughs) fundamentally Persona 3 just isn't saying much. No. But yeah. It's not a horrible game, but I have no desire to play
0: it again. (laughs) It was the first Persona game I played too. It was interesting, but my time with going forward was that was oh the uh, like even going back and playing persona 2 was just like oh this is much better
1: persona 2 is so much more like is that a game that actually is saying something and it's saying something very strange but it is saying it and has like a it's a game with an opinion and yeah that matters a lot more to me um
0: yeah what was i gonna yeah. say um yeah, I just saw lots of nitpicking of five and four. It's like, oh, it's got this it's got this gross subplot and I'm just sitting there like my... You are not you are not applying the same nitpicking to the very game yeah, that like... you're saying is the best in the series and that is yeah like insanely a... annoying to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, it, d- just to just to speak up a bit about this, uh, all of the Persona games have at least one thing in them that's like, oh, this is offensive. Yeah. Like, like, because they're, it, a lot of times it's because, like, sometimes it's because they are trying and failing to grapple with subjects that they are not equipped to talk about. Right. Uh, usually usually to do with uh, subjects relating to queer themes. Like, that, that shows up a lot. And, like, in 4 and 5, like, they are trying and failing to say something about those things. In 3, those, that, that fuck-ups, those fuck-ups still exist. But they're not saying anything. No. (laughs) Again. Because, like, there is, uh, there is the scene, uh, on the beach in, uh, in Persona 3 that's just like, oh, you, you and the boys are going out to try to land dates with some ladies. And, uh, like you know, the the punchline is usually you, but then at the end it gets really randomly and heinously transphobic. And it's like, oh, oh, that mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. didn't have to do that. And yeah, like that's you know, like one of the one of the ongoing uh, problems with like four is that Yosuke is uh, deeply homophobic yeah. and kind of a huge asshole. Yeah, the thing is, like. The the ambient party members in Persona 3 aren't actually any better. They just have fewer opportunities to express it. Like there's a lot of just like sort of rampant, random, unchallenged sexism and like transphobia and homophobia in the party in Persona 3 that just doesn't show up quite as much because they don't try to touch those issues. Whereas like Persona 4 and Persona 5 will bring them up and often fuck them up. But it's not. It's not the joke what how to put it. They will often bring them up, they will often fuck them up, but they fuck them up because they're trying to engage with the material. They're yeah. trying to engage with the subject. And Persona three when it like fucks those up, they kinda aren't. <laughs> it's just we brought this up because we wanted a quick joke. And that's not
0: great. Right. Whereas Persona and Four is actually part of a character arc, and
1: yeah, and it's, I, it's got problems, but it's trying, <laughs> right? And like, you know, that's I'm not going to tell someone they shouldn't ever be offended by that, or no, not want to play it, but like to to apply that logic unevenly between three, four, and five is no. to fail to engage with the material.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, the The other thing I'd always want to bring up is like. I don't think these characters are being presented as per, like, they're not supposed to be. They're like high schoolers. Like I understand that you you don't want to see. Yeah, Yosuke in particular yeah.
1: is definitely like, oh, he's a shitty high schooler.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I understand that those those are things that we want to get away from. I'm not gonna defend putting that in the game ever, but that is a presentation. That is realistic. Is all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> there, there, there can be value in demonstrating, the, like, it, you know, skate is like a time capsule, especially a 2000 right. high schooler, uh, and it sucks.
0: Yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> Take lot.
1: it from someone who was in high school in 2008. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's not, uh, you know, and again, would never tell someone they should not. Uh,
0: absolutely uh, feel not. Feel
1: offended by no, that, it's... or not want But it's it's one of those situations where, like, the the, the criticism should be applied evenly because right. it absolutely is. Uh, it's it's not something that just cropped up in four or five. If uh, if anything, I would argue it's typically worse in each, uh, three. It's just that three is full of so many ideas that are undercooked that it doesn't yeah. have as much
0: space. Yeah. Oh. Have, having played yeah. through all three of them, like, whatever problems four and five may have had, I came through at the end of those games f- f- feeling, I don't know, when, feeling like I had actually, I don't what the hell am I trying to say? Like, yeah, like you're saying, the games actually had something to say and I felt something for these characters, even the ones I didn't necessarily like very much, like... Mm you actually feel like you've spent time with these characters, whereas, whereas at the end of 3, it's just, especially after realizing my character just died, it's just like, what the fuck was the point? <laughs> why, do you, why did I spend all these hours being this boss for this? Like, what what yeah, the fuck like, was the point of all this? If, if
1: the point of create, of engineering all of these social connections was to give you a realization of what uh like what it what was worth dying for they fucking failed <laughs> cuz most of these people are assholes yeah. uh like yeah. yeah
0: again like these these games are not perfect but putting together this much you... content and writing um i i would rather they try a lot of these things and fail than to just give me a, the garbage some of the garbage that was in 3 yeah i feel like the the thing that hurts the most about three is that
1: they did uh the portable uh version have a uh female protagonist route, which is interesting and it gives you a lot of uh new interactions just a lot of the s Links take place and they are
0: of wildly divergent quality
1: like weirdly divergent quality oh, yeah. speaking um, of
0: gross content <laughs>
1: Yeah, don't, don't do the Justice S-Link. Uh, don't do the Romance version of the Justice S-Link. Just yeah. yeah. don't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, uh, oh, man. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I won't go into this, but... Uh, oh, man. Yeah, because like, like, you'll get ones like uh, the uh, Hermit S-Link uh the girl's side which has a lot of interesting things in it and then like at the end it just sort of why did i bother because like the the point of the hermit is that you're making friends with it in in the girl's side is you're making friends with a bullied girl and you know you try to you know help her stand her ground and like maintain like her uh what happiness she can at the school where she's you know having difficulty making friends that sort of thing and uh, like, her parents tried to transfer her out of school. She didn't want to get transferred out, blah, 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 blah. Then rank 10 of that S-link is, oh, I decided to transfer out. And I just... Why? You've <laughs> wasted my time. <laughs> it was it was um. such a frustrating S-link, like such an own goal. But, yeah...
0: Uh, what was I going to say? I so I I had some thoughts when people were complaining about oh you can date a teacher in Persona Five. Just like,
1: thankfully you also cannot
0: do that. Yes, but I had I had an interesting thought on what they could do and what I'd like to, to see them potentially do. Uh, which mm-hmm. May also be a bad idea, but it would be cool if there were like bad S links.
1: They, the closest they've ever come to
0: that is
1: uh, is Persona uh, persona 4 Golden's uh, uh, Lust or Hunger Arcana. I can't remember how they uh, translated it. But yeah, like an S-Link. A, an interesting concept would be an S-Link that's like, this is demonstrably bad for you to be doing.
0: Right. Like, say, doing that with the, the Gross Teacher S-Link, where it... Intentionally makes you feel bad and results in like gameplay negatives, mm-hmm. like you're a gross like, weirdo, and uh, I don't know, you get some kind of some kind of bad things happen.
1: the The, the broader the broader
0: thing, of course, being that, like
1: you, you run into the, like the question of how much is a game meant to be a didact? Like, is it meant to be a morality play? And then, of course, you also remember that like these are aimed at teenagers and teenagers yeah. do get crushes on adults. And like how much do you indulge that fantasy in, in media aimed at teenagers? And like
0: just a million, million questions are all
1: like have a million complicated yeah. answers.
0: Well, I mean, my thought wouldn't necessarily be to remake that particular. S-line. Oh yeah. No, Maybe no. I'm, just, I'm like... just saying
1: like, the, these are the things that I think about when I think
0: about that particular problematic like, Yeah.
1: Is that like, there's like a million things like about, you know, because like fundamentally you know most rpgs are in some sense a power fantasy and generally a fantasy of like what if the you know persona especially is not just what if you were really strong but it's also what if you were very socially uh capable in a way that a lot of people aren't right like you you cultivate these very like a very uh like diverse and exciting set of relationships like that's part of the interest of these and so like on some level there's all of these are assumed to be unrealistic and then you get into the debates about like what kinds of fantasies do you indulge in teenagers and all. it's it's such a weird complicated question but yeah and the answer is like i'd rather you didn't do that but i mean it's one of those situations where i personally am fine eating around it
2: if so to speak yeah
0: but yeah but again that's just such a weird thing to to be your primary criticism of a massive game it's like oh there's this one gross thing you can do if you (sighs) if you choose to (laughs)
1: yeah and like the 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 upset is also in that the game is not sufficiently condemning it but it's also one of those things where it's like again that's where you come into like the how much is game supposed to be moral didact that's supposed to uh instantly punish you for anything that you did that you shouldn't have done and then you get into like a broader point about fantasy and what we're allowed to fantasize about because like you know we indulge a lot in violent in, in fantasies of direct violence yes. in you know, RPGs and everything else and like that uh, that's a broad question with a lot of a lot of lot, a lot to go through. Hey John
5: Hello. Hello. There will be noise in the background sorry. It's okay <laughs> it's,
1: all good. it's all good We were just talking about the Nintendo Direct Mini
5: Oh yeah, like you get to buy all of the Battle Network oh, games again Yes.
1: Flip. Don't worry, they're in they're in one package. <laughs> yep.
5: Except for the for the battleship GP version. I
0: tell no
1: battleship challenge, no
0: Rockman exe four point five yeah. real operation that sort but, of thing. But, but the we main we can finally That's force like, you to play Persona Five.
5: It's true. It is legal now. Yes, if you'd like to buy it for me, sure. I'm okay. going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I like it that much. Wow. That for Christmas, I'd expect. Okay, well, say hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. So we have somebody with a sudden case of stage fright.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, yeah, so yeah. uncharacteristic of you, yes. Okay. Was there anything uh, else on the Nintendo Direct that I missed? Because I haven't really been looking into it.
1: Uh, let's see, quickly go down the list. Uh, Square Enix is making a... Uh, Rune Factory knockoff. Where are Let's you, Nier Automata is getting port- ported to Switch. Oh,
4: here uh, we
1: go. Uh, a remake of Pac-Man World for some reason. Uh, Mario and Rabbits 2. Bomberman! What's that? Bomberman! Man oh, they're Bomberman! His Bomberman? Bomberman
5: R2. He's a little robot uh, that runs around, lays bombs to destroy bad robots. Why? Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's kind to escaped to the circle. Also, for some reason, Doraemon's story of seasons yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, oh, Dragon Quest Treasures. That might be something you care about. Dragon What's Quest Dragon Treasures.
4: Dragon Quest Treasure.
1: I'm not actually sure. It's uh, it's sort of like Dragon Quest Monsters, but more action-y. Um, <laughs> I
4: know. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, so, a lot of neat little things.
5: Another busy year.
4: Who's that lady?
5: Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Okay,
4: okay. Hi, I'm back. Go ahead, hey, you're now. back. Hey, 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 that,
1: but yeah, That's so we probably cool. uh, discussed enough Battle Network and Persona to destroy us all, and possibly okay. uh, <laughs> end the world. So.
0: Hello, Gaijin let's go Oh my god I forgot to tell you I was in a retro game store the other day. Yeah and they started playing that song. Did you randomly. demand that they played No, I did not, but I was I
1: was You should my
2: demand game. that they played. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is fun ice cream? From my yeah. machine, the race starts into like You
1: have no choice but to
3: race. Alright, so what no did I walk in on?
1: No mistake, you can't make. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I it.
0: On it. Uh, we just had a long discussion about why Persona 3 is not that great. <laughs>
1: And it has uh, a then one, I started it seeing the a game
3: very, game. It, It's basically a randomized dungeon for most of the game. Oh, could that's not LeBron. No, we
1: that. no, no, I was just <laughs> complaining about the, uh, thematic, the poor <laughs> thematic underpinnings. Uh,
3: the fact you have teenagers shooting themselves in the head? No, we did
5: my to my so. brother I mean, had an interesting few things to say about that back in the day while he was studying Jungian archetypes in college psychology.
1: <laughs> the bigger problem I always had with that, and like just to briefly backtrack to that, is that, like again, theoretically, the, uh, the evokers, which are the guns, are supposed to represent the idea. Again, they, they tie in the game's obsession with death and what like, we do before we die. And the problem is that the game makes it manifestly clear that none of the characters understand what this symbolism means. Like, the theoretical idea is that, like, oh, in order to use their personas, each of them has to face the concept of death. But then someone in mid game literally points out, yeah, I don't know why these are shaped like guns. I don't even think of them as guns. <laughs> also, we can make them not <laughs> shaped like guns because we gave the dog one.
5: Yeah, which kind of <sighs> contradicts part of the opening sequence where that one character is attempting to yeah. use her for the first time and she's freaking out over it.
1: Yeah, and then, like, that's yeah, her that, entire...
3: because she obviously knows what what it is.
1: Yeah, that it looks like a gun, and then, like, someone points out, oh, it's weird that they look like guns, and I don't even think of it as one, and then another person points out, uh, and then, of course, again, if you get a dog in your party. They didn't have to shape them like guns, because the dog doesn't use the gun. Okay, so...
5: There was no reason for
1: this. He just has a collar. Mm -hmm. That's all. He just has a collar that acts as an evoker. There's no reason for it. Uh, Well,
3: he just also doesn't shoot herself in the head.
1: Yeah, she's a robot. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. The game is kind of a mess.
1: (laughs) It's it's got about. it, It needs a. I think it's like one or two major rewrites from successfully being like, successfully having something to say and it doesn't, it didn't get them. It was, uh...
5: How much of it is that...
3: Oh, sorry, Gajun.
5: It it was an interesting mess, at least.
3: Yes, it was.
1: Yeah, it's just that the sequels are more interesting. (laughs) Yes. And generally, Uh, like, slightly less messy. Yeah,
3: I was going (laughs) to more go with the fact that how much of that did they have to change in translation, too, to... Very not, get...
5: not, <laughs> not that much, because I, I could say that most of this is true from having played the game in Japanese 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, it's... I mean, it was an atlas localization in the mid ops so It was very faithful. Yeah. They they accepted that they were going to get an M basically, off the bat. I think those are, like, Serow B games in Japan. <laughs>
3: Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't are, remember actually. having to show an ID to buy it, though.
1: I mean, yeah, but they were M-rated games. Like, 100%. Uh, um, yeah. Wait, what,
3: what yeah. year did Persona 3 release? 2006.
1: Uh,
5: 2007?
1: 2008? 2006. Oh,
5: 2008 is Persona 4. Oh. So I know yeah. I played it in 2007.
1: Yeah. Uh, in Japan, was, at the very least. Well it was 2007 at the time. It and... might have been 2007 in the US.
5: And I know I played it like a year after the Japanese release.
1: Mm. So, so, yeah, yeah 2006, think... 2007. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, t- okay, 2006, 2007. So, yeah, I would have been in the military, so I would have been eight. I would have definitely been 18.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah.
3: I would have been 24. Hmm.
1: But yeah, just one of, one of those games which like it, it just doesn't really hang together because it's it's kind of a first draft of this entire idea of how to structure these these uh this style of Persona game. But yeah, I personally have no desire to go back to it. I'll just happily replay replay Royal and I don't know, maybe golden eventually. But Yeah.
0: I mean, I Royal's like, the one I want. Would like to I haven't done it a female main character playthrough so i would like to do that at some point but the other two are yeah that's worth sure doing are going to take priority.
1: yeah the, the female
0: playthrough has uh
1: some some decent unique content uh some of the some of the s links are revised for the better some of them well at least one of them is way 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 worse um <laughs> that's not pursue do not pursue the justice arcana but yeah. Uh, rough game, but yeah. So that's that's kind of everything that was at the direct. Uh, I already, rant, I already shot out my joke about uh, the importance of playing uh, the first official emulation of Atari Jaguar games. At the mm. game's show. You and I are going to play Fight for Life, and we're going to like it. I want to. At least, well, I was going to say at least it's not Kasumi Ninja, but that's basically a lateral. Uh. Kasumi Ninja. Have you ever seen that game? That game's incredible. That's a really shitty Mortal Kombat knockoff, but the oh, entire, like, but the entire, like, select your character screen is like a weird first person, what? like, walk around set of statues thing. It's very confusing. Oh, God. Uh, I... Why? Fight for life. Fight for life is an absolute fucking disaster. It's going to be so fucking funny. But hey, at is least that Ash a Tempest bunny on die. a
3: two-headed turtle. D- um, maybe
1: uh, looks about right. Um,
0: not actually familiar with that character to be honest.
1: That's
5: uh, let's actually see what you're doing here. Video
2: games.
5: Uh, yeah, that um, is a two headed turtle with a bunny rabbit on it. Actually, see what you're doing G- here. Um,
2: uh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna look at the question. Actually, see
1: what you're doing here.
5: Um, uh, you're echoing slightly, by the way. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna close this out because the echoes <laughs> drive me nuts. Could mute it. <laughs>
1: Nah. Okay. Am I interested? Not particularly. Um Okay, let me double check if there aren't any questions in
0: Discord. Um check the episodes too, they actually are up.
5: They haven't gotten anything recently. Yeah. Um Yeah, doesn't
1: yeah, I was just checking because there were updates, but they were not for us, so We'll hit some mm-hmm. fire miners questions. I should, I should
5: uh, pay
0: attention to my
5: game. Did did we ever did you ever cover the one do bosses matter? Uh, where was that? Uh, uh, Mighty Tam put that one up from uh, press post with General. Oh yeah, I don't think we did do that. You so probably hit that. And honestly, um, I think he was more. I think the original context is more of an anti-work kind of thing rather than a video game thing. But sure. <laughs>
1: Let's see. But yeah, um, I would say that we're going to talk about video games, but uh,
2: yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it really depends upon your game structure. Like, you can make games that are very dependent upon bosses because they're used as the crescendo to pace out areas and levels. Or you can make games that uh, straight up don't use them because, again, they are not necessary for the pacing of those games.
5: It's more Are like the tra- game needs a challenge of some sort, and a boss is a good way of encapsulating the challenge at specific intervals.
3: Or you can just make everything a boss. That's
1: yeah, you can do too. that. Uh, street, street Fighter or, or, aliens yeah. and, uh, or Alien Soldier. Yeah. Really, half of Treasure's games. But, uh, yeah, Street Fighter, you know... You, you, it's it's all about pace and modulation. So like, how important bosses are to your pacing and structure is going to be, because uh, bosses are climaxes. And so you know, like, if, if your if your structure has another way to give players a sense of a climactic moment that they can then have a short falling action before doing the rising action of the next section, uh, section, then you don't need bosses. But in terms of pacing, bo- bosses are climactic. That is their purpose. Uh, usually, of course, there are, again, games that are just entirely boss rushes, and they have a very different pacing and structure. But in the more traditional level structure, bosses are climaxes. But Let's
3: see.
1: That, that um, was very
3: that was very skillful there, Will. We not, we're not going <laughs> to talk about
0: that. So we're not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about me flying off an edge.
2: (laughs) Uh, Let's see.
1: Uh, Okay, I'm going to quickly hit some from Fireminer in the list.
2: Uh,
1: Should we be grateful that John Carmack has been constantly on the side of open source software? Feels like any other developers would have made a killing out of the same things Carmack's made at the cost of the public's good uh i mean like i'm generally uh in favor of open source software but bearing in mind also that open sourcing large portions of id's work also attracted a lot of talent and general users to their ecosystem which is why uh quake mobs and such and doom wads are like a self-sustaining industry forever uh and that has a lot of tangible and intangible benefits. So that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm grateful that like Karmac is one the exact kind of Linux nerd that's really obsessed with open sourcing shit, but also uh, bearing in mind that there are a lot of actual strategic business reasons to be in into that that do not occur to most businesses because they do not think past the next quarter. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... And then, of course, you'll, you'll get into some of the like the weirder shit, like uh, the fast inverse square root thing, where it's like that's also the benefits of open source, because fast inverse square root uh, was not uh, was something that I believe he pulled from some other piece of code. Uh, for those uh, not aware, fast inverse square root was a uh, famous. Uh, calculation uh, from uh, Quake 3 uh, that infamously covered the little one's ears has the only comment next to it as what the fuck. (laughs) Uh, Because it's this uh, like fast inverse square root as a concept is basically you're trying to uh, work out the uh reciprocal of a floating uh reciprocal of the square root of a floating point number and like this is a way to do it that is calculationally not intensive by doing some weird bit shifting operations uh to very specific memory addresses and uh you know incredibly important i don't remember if i i recall that uh like, basically, the the general way that this was done before Fast Invert Square uh, temporarily came into Vogue, there's there's better ways to do it now. But the, the way this was done at the time was much more computationally slow and expensive. Uh, so, like, uh, I, as I recall, this was not something that was written for Quake 3. Uh, but it's something that was pulled into Quake 3 and thus gained some notoriety from there. And then, you know... There's, there's all sorts of uh, stories about that. But yeah, it, it's one of those things like when a smart way of doing something finds its way into open source code, that smart way of doing something can be reused a lot, which is honestly one of the other benefits of open sourcing code. You get better things all around. But yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, we, We're certainly better off that... Uh, John Carmack is the kind of Linux nerd that's obsessed with that kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) Like, not to be rude to the man, but he does uh, exude the exact stereotypes of a very specific generation and type of programmer, not the least of which uh, being that he is perhaps the first person to enter into court a plea that basically revolved around I uh, would not use a Mac under my own steam. (laughs) so uh, he he represents many of the good and bad things of programmers of his generation (laughs) and uh, certainly there are also uh, tragic tales of people who have had to deal with uh, his uh, specific uh, obsessions as well uh, notably, the developers on the Saturn, Saturn port of Doom had to essentially scrap the entire port and rewrite it to be significantly worse because he specifically hated mm-hmm. uh, he hated uh, texture warping due to uh, like perspective issues caused by using uh, by using not floating point but integer based uh, texture mapping and. Like, would not approve the port if it had them, had that issue. And this is something he eventually admitted on Twitter. Probably shouldn't have done that. Probably should have just let them do their thing. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why the Saturn port of Doom is one of the worst ports in history.
3: <laughs> well, the Saturn port of anything is bad. Is like the worst thing in history.
1: Like you say that, and like it's true, but bear in mind that there there are actually really impressive ports of certain first person shooters to the Saturn, not the least of which is Quake. For some reason, has a better port to Saturn than Doom
3: does. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm was, not saying like good versions don't exist. I'm just saying the games on the Saturn sucked.
1: Yeah, and what and what I'm saying is that like both the developer had a fairly impressive portfolio, and there are better it ports to the system. So there's really no excuse for what happened there. Ah, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's one we can all have a good time slagging off. Did anyone really like Gex? I liked Gex.
5: I never played Gex.
3: <laughs> never played Gex. Uh,
1: it's
5: like Gex a gecko,
3: probably. right?
2: Yeah. He, excuse this me. It's
1: pronounce pronounced Jacks. It's about a dinosaur. <laughs> to Repeat the joke once again for the thousandth time. Uh, the voice for Gex in the American version, Dana Gould, uh, went to a like software, et cetera, to buy a copy of Gex because he had been in it, and so it was like, oh, I should probably have this." And he, you know, goes in and asks for Gex the Gecko, and the uh, to. By his own version of the st- of the tale, the person working the counter, who was like turned to- turned away from him at the time, like turned to him, let out a very loud, exaggerated sigh and said, "It's about it's pronounced Jax, It's about a dinosaur." <laughs> and just the idea of being that huffy with the actual guy who was in it asking for it is of kind of incredible.
2: But yeah,
5: well, there's a "Do you know who I am?" moment.
0: <laughs> That's like all the stories about name. Tony Hawk.
3: Oh, uh, poor Tony Hawk. Or uh, Gabe Newhall giving out Steam decks. Oh god! Uh, oh god! That's uh, so funny. God. <laughs> you you heard about that, right, dude? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I've seen it. I've seen the. I've seen the videos. Uh okay. But yeah. Uh, did anyone really like Yax? I kinda of like Gex, it's fine. Uh, the answer I would say uh the, the, the way I would describe Gex is uh, for those who did not play it at the time, is that uh, the PS1 and sixty four and Saturn actually have relatively few games in common. Uh, like in general, you would not see the same game making it like games were cheap enough to develop, and the consoles themselves were far, like far enough apart in terms of both capabilities and like technical architecture that it honestly usually made more sense to just make a game for one platform. And then, if it was a huge success, maybe you would make it for another platform. But like, oftentimes, it's not like you either didn't care about another platform because it's like, well, why would I care about making a Saturn game when I have. Like when the PS1 is doing so much better, who gives a shit? I, I can afford to ignore that market. Or, uh, you know, you would make a different game for that platform, because it's like, well, the amount of work that it would take to make a version of this game that functioned on this other platform would be so high that I might as well just make a new game that actually takes advantage of that platform. So, you know, the, you did not see a lot of the same game on platforms. The uh. The thing about GEX 2 and 3 in particular, which are both PS1 and N64 games, is that they were some of the very few pretty good 3D platformers that if you had a PS1 and your friend had an N64, you could both play them and talk about them, and that did have some value, especially at the time. So, yeah, people did kind of like GEX. It wasn't amazing, but it was better than most of its competition. And it was available on multiple platforms, and that was worth a lot because if you if you had a PS1 and your friend had a n N64, you could you know go to his house and play Mario 64, and he'd come to your house and play Spider or Crash Bandicoot or whatever. But you couldn't just like ha- talk about like ta- talk about those Apple apples. and there is some worth in just like oh I I'm playing Gex. I am also playing Gex. Oh, what should I do in this level? I don't know. <laughs> There's worse than that. They're pretty good. They're fine. Um. Uh. Let's see.
2: Okay. Uh. We'll hit
1: another tactical one. I don't know a lot about the advantages and seeing performance of being like active Razor Renaissance on the Switch doesn't make me feel confident. Uh. People work with the tools they have. Mm-hmm. Right. Rolling an entirely new engine is inefficient.
0: <laughs> Can you? I didn't hear the question. Can you reread it again?
1: What do you think about every two D game being made in
0: Unity? Oh. Um, uh,
1: I think people work with the tools they have. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, kind of to... the
5: conversation that we had about um, about uh, what was it, Quake engine last week? Unreal.
1: Mm-hmm. Work, work again, to, to look at a. Uh, to, to give it some perspective from a game that just hello. recently came out, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge is a 2D game that is not made. It is made. I forget what, help the help what the fuck the engine's, engine's called, but it used to be. It, it's the modern progeny of Microsoft's XNA and, uh, like development kit. And so. it's. Hmm? Oh, just a moment, we got
5: someone who wants to say hello say Hello, this one. Hello. hello. Hi. Huh? Is it nap time? Mm-hmm.
4: Uh huh. I think I can talk
5: mm-hmm. a little. Oh, Okay. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
5: Well, you well, need to go take a nap now.
4: But, Mom, I can talk for you.
5: Okay. Say hello, everybody. Hello. Yep. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. Is that friend? Isma, those are friends, yes. friends? <laughs> yes, they are. What's that? name? Hmm? That one's name, I just know two names. Well, I mean, Mike, and, or Michael, and Dave, and Tam, what was your first name again? Robert. Yes, Robert, Robert. Oh, okay, I I always know it's just Tam. I'm, Sorry. I'm okay with that.
4: Tam? Yeah.
5: Yes. <laughs> Okay, okay, now we have been introduced and it's time to go take a nap.
4: I wanted to talk to
5: you. Okay, well, we're talking about stuff over here, so how about you take your tiger? And let's go back to bed. Okay. <laughs> Good night.
0: I want to talk. Tiger.
5: And they're talking. Tiger uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, nap time. Okay, hug. Okay. Nap time, go. Go, go, go. <laughs> yes, we're all kind of stuck in the apartment for now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Uh, but yeah, to, to briefly uh, finish out the thought, uh, there is, the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Revenge was made in XNA on a bespoke specifically 2D engine. Uh, or it was made in the modern progeny of XNA on a bespoke specifically 2D engine. And that is the kind of thing that that company has essentially only been able to do because they essentially make nothing but two D games, and they have a technology chain that they've been migrating as it as like the platforms it's on deprecates. And that is mm-hmm. so much time and so much work, and honestly, not worth it because like the answer you end up with is uh, you look at something where it's like, oh, it's in Unity. It's not as optimized as it could be. Well, the answer is that uh, if it's not in Unity, the game just doesn't have.
0: Yeah. Also, there seems to be this perception out there that like Unity is bad when mm -hmm. the reality is there's a lot more out there running on Unity than you know. Because Mm -hmm. I guess if you I guess depending on the license you don't have to show that you your game is in Unity. Yeah, like Like,
1: certain like the cheaper licenses start with the Made in Unity and the more expensive ones. Will usually allow them to like bury it in the credits,
0: yeah. and it's much harder to spot like, what was made. Hearthstone runs in Unity,
1: <laughs> yeah. Unity is a really, really uh, like it, it's a an engine that has a lot of sensibility and flexibility. And it, like, by all accounts, it can be very hard to fully optimize a game. You will run into issues that you wouldn't on a bespoke solution, but the answer is, of course, as always. You do that because making the bespoke solution and dealing with all of the headaches that comes from comes with is a nightmare. And again, the, the thing that you run into is that a lot of times it isn't, oh, we could make it on this and it runs well, or this and it's easy to make. The answer is, if we don't make it on the thing that it's easy to make, it just never gets
0: made. Yeah. Like, you look, yeah, at, I, the, you look at something like Undertale, and, you know, something that always annoyed me. As much I was like made the Game thing. Maker. Right. <laughs> Like, that game can't be fully widescreen because it was made in Game Maker. But, you know, the reason the game was made is because Game Maker existed. <laughs> so, yeah, it was simple enough yeah. to use, but like Toby
1: Fox, just make a game.
3: Yeah, I I actually have a friend who's do, who, who's uh, learning three D modeling, and he's constantly talking about exporting it into this, exporting it out of that, exporting into Unity, export exporting out of Unity into this other system. So, because different aspects of his three D modeling is better in different engines.
1: Yeah, like toolchains are a ton of work. They they take up so much resource, and you want to make them as simple as possible. <laughs> There's um, one that people might have something to say about. Did anyone you know have stuff like the SNES Advantage during the 80s and 90s? So I guess like weird third-party peripheral controllers or like...
3: I had the Game Genie!
1: <laughs> That's the classic. Um, the light
5: gun?
3: I had. Some... Oh,
0: I never actually. Had it. I, just I did not have.
3: I did not have the Super S- Scope Six.
0: I had some third-party <laughs> no. Super Nintendo controller that had Turbo on it. I think it broke.
1: Yeah, those third-party controllers did not. Uh, did not. My grandfather not had old-party.
3: the. My grandfather had the infrared wireless controller for the NES.
1: Oh uh, wow. yeah. God, that reminds me of like the most heinous thing that uh so like one of the one of the only like uh virtual YouTubers that I keep track of got a new background because they're in a deal with Sega and so they're like an official Sonic ambassador so they have a Sega themed background oh but because the person this is is a weirdo the background has uh instead of like Worthwhile Sega merch. It is a Mega Drive with three 32Xs plugged into it, stacked on top of <laughs> each other. All of which are then plugged into a Game Genie, which is then plugged into the Mega Drive, which is plugged into a Sega CD, and which has an infrared controller plugged into it.
3: Oh, I've yeah. seen that image.
1: It's extremely stupid. It's, it's beautiful.
3: It, isn't isn't the card also in like a Sonic and Knuckles?
1: Yeah, there's a Sonic and Knuckles uh, card plugged in. A Sonic Three card plugged into a Sonic and Knuckles uh, card that's plugged into three thirty-two x's, which is an homage to a very old internet meme of the ultimate tower of power. <laughs> but, yeah. What's funny um, is,
3: does the game actually? Ru- can the game actually run like that?
1: Absolutely not. The, I do not believe that you can pass through the signal between multiple 32 xs It just won't work. But it's a very funny image, so it doesn't matter. But, um, uh, but yeah. Uh, typically, I, ha- I had a turbo controller. Uh, it felt shitty, and it looked shitty. Uh, and it was camel printed for some reason. Uh,
5: Because that automatically makes it cooler with a certain demographic. Yeah,
1: I think it was also just cheaper because we got it for Christmas. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, trying to think of anything else that I had running around in the '90s, like those peripherals. Like the thing about a lot of those peripherals, at least for me, was that you needed to be you needed a lot more money to just blow on stupid shit in order to buy a lot of them, like especially the weirder ones. Mm Like the, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone having the infrared. Uh, like not not the just a wireless controller. There was like a weird a uh, Sega activator. I think is what I think now. Uh, yeah, the Sega activator, which was this absolutely horrible like hexagon that you had to like punch and kick over to activate buttons, and it was utterly worthless to actually use, but, like, it's also one of those things where it's like it's so unwieldy and so expensive that you were never going to have one unless you had way too much goddamn money, because otherwise you would just spend your goddamn
2: money on games.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's just a truly hellish object. Uh, Anyone else have, like, anyone have any of those weird dumbass accessories? (laughs) Um, mm-hmm.
3: I had, my parents had the game for the Atari 2600, I think it was, that required, mm-hmm. that came with a holder to put two of the joystick controllers next to each other, because it took two controllers to play the game.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a few games like that. There's a fairly uh, um, well-loved... Uh, we also right had the
3: trackball. For the hmm.
1: Atari. There's a, there's a fairly well-loved Raiders of the Lost Ark game that requires you to use both controllers because one controls the menu. <laughs> hmm. uh, I wonder if that'll get to show up on the...
3: I'm trying to think of what other weird stuff I've had. I had a lot more weird stuff for like the PlayStation and PlayStation 2.
1: Yeah, I mean the PlayStation came out in
3: the 90s accounts. Yeah. Well, so did PlayStation 2.
1: No, it came out in 2000.
3: Oh, I thought it came out, like, 99.
1: No. March 2000 in Japan, October 2000 in the
3: US. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, but really, it was the PlayStation 2 I had the most accessories and the weirdest accessories. There's
1: so many, like, gimmick controllers for the PS2. I always wanted, like, the the shitty uh, Onimusha 3 Katana controller.
3: I had the uh, (laughs) Naiko... Keyboard controller.
1: Oh man. That was when Naiko was doing like those uh gimmick controllers, the airflows that had I um, had
3: one of those too.
1: <laughs> yeah, the they had like fans in them to keep her gaming hands cool.
3: Yeah, I, I actually own one I actually owned one of those.
1: Someone had to. Um The one of my favorite things was an accessory that only came with uh completely forgotten game, Yanya Cabalista featuring Gawu. Uh, known in the US as Yanya Kabbalista City Skater.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Which was, it came with a fingerboard that you attached to the analog sticks in order to control the game by holding the controller side. What do
3: you mean to do it?
1: It's very strange. But also, if you ever wanted, like, just sit there and like have a have a good time among like nerd oh. friends. Like just ask them what the ge- what kind of game Yanya Cavalista featuring Gawo is and see if they can come up with something.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, how do you spell the name again? Uh Y-A-N-Y-A space. C A B A L L I S T A. Um Yanya Okay. Yanja Cavalista featuring Gabu (laughs) Gabu G-A-W-O yeah just like one of those things where like you can pull out that title and like take any kind of guess as to what the fuck that is and we will never guess in a million years that it's a skateboarding game (laughs) (laughs) where you skateboard to kill aliens but yeah True, truly a luminary of our time, uh, put out by Koei of all companies for some reason, and developed by Cave of all companies, which is even weirder if you know what Cave does.
0: The Schmup Banker? Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> huh, now, somewhere, yeah? Between,
1: somewhere between somewhere ESP Rade and <laughs> ESP Galuda 2, they apparently did Yanya that featuring Gawu. hmm
4: mm-hmm.
1: Somebody needs some extra
5: money fast. What's that? Somebody needed extra money fast.
1: Yeah, I can only assume. But yeah, just, an, just a mind bendingly bizarre game to have ever existed. But one of my favorite. Like, I've occasionally, like, pulled that out among nerd friends of, like, what do you, what kind of game do you think Yanya is featuring Gawu is? Um. Uh, This is a question that I think only I have an opinion on. (laughs) So I'll quickly go through it. What is your opinion on Elemental Gimmick Gear? It's kind of a cute Dreamcast game. Uh, They put you in an egg robot and then decided that uh, they needed to justify that by making the initials of the game egg. And uh, I'm enchanted by any game that has a separate uh, combat system for uh, regular Encounters and Boss Encounters, and that is a game that absolutely does because it swaps into a completely different engine. It switches from being a 2D game to a 3D game only huh. for bosses. And it looks weird as shit. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a charming little Dreamcast game. It's not boring, but it's charming, and that counts for a lot. Uh, let's see.
4: Um,
1: should probably close out after this one, because I'm tired, and Wheels is tired, and we got one start. No,
0: yeah, not tired. You're, you're tired.
1: You're extremely tired. Games that more people have played ports than the original, I am willing to bet less than 2 out of 10 people who have played NES Contra have tried the arcade original. I mean, that's also going to depend upon, like, uh, do you want mean ports that are substantively different? Because then you start running into the question of, like, a lot of games nowadays are natively multi-platform. What's the port in those contexts? Like, is the Xbox One version of Nier Automata a port? Uh, I mean, I think that was actually a later version, so bad, bad example. But like, FF13, PS3, or Xbox 360, which one of those support? Technically, we know it started life as, theoretically, a PS3 exclusive, but before it came to anything, it was probably originally developed on a PC. And honestly, probably originally natively ran there before being optimized for PS3 and 360. Which one a port? Is either the port? Which one's the lead platform? Mm,
5: so, so let so let's say let's qualify this with a port being anything with more with one or more generations between the original release and the current one being on a different platform or different company platform than the original and having at least one major alteration either due to being on a different console or just for improvements of some sort.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's
5: probably a good set of ground rules to pull up and I would say so, uh, so like just for in, for an example of like Availability. I'm betting a lot of people have played more of the ports of the early Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games than the originals, just because those were not readily available. Mm -hmm. Um, Or possibly they weren't alive when they came out.
1: I'm gonna pull out an extreme cheat, though. Mm -hmm. Tetris. You have never met a human being who has played the original Electronica Sixty version of Tetris.
5: I would not have been even able to guess which one was the original version of that game. Because I have played the arcade version. Yep. And the Game uh, Boy uh, version. And at least three different PC versions.
1: Yeah. I, I think by by sheer volume of people who have played it, Tetris would be the, the crown of this. For, the, for, for those unaware, the Electronica 60 was a Soviet computer uh, that uh, is... Extremely, extremely primitive. I believe it's technically like partially a clone of the PDP eleven. So mind bogglingly the old kind of computer. But yeah, at least just,
5: just by it's by seventy-eight. See, it's, it, it says it, here CPU Soviet Ellis I eleven dash dash PDP eleven implementation yeah. clone.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a PDP
5: eleven clone. But, Max memory of 32k
1: 16-bit words. Yeah. That's, that's for, for, for what it's worth, that is a tiny number. The original but, yeah.
5: implementation of Tetris is written for Electronica 60 by Alexey Pajitnov. As the Electronica 60 does not have raster graphics, text was used to form blocks.
1: Yep, just entirely yeah. in brackets. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's like, yeah. Uh, but I think the the world champion of that would have to be Tetris. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's a lot of games like this. Any game that like, yes. uh, and depending got, on how
5: you want to, uh, depending on how you want to resolve the word port, I mean,
1: rogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. look at those real old influential games, and it's constant. Uh-uh. I'll pull something slightly less of a cheat. Honestly, Grand Theft Auto V. Yep. That game has sold, like, 80 million copies, and Dang. probably a quarter of that are from the original, like, PS3 and
0: 360 release. That and Skyrim. Yeah, another one where it's
1: just, mm-hmm. like, a bazillion, like, uh, you know, the lion's share of the
0: copies of Skyrim.
3: Well, just Elder Scrolls in general, because most of them have been poured to other things,
0: not as much as Skyrim, though, yeah, sure. just by
1: dint of Skyrim's entire popularity, comparative to its processors, uh, but yeah, just, like you know, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty common. Like, unless unless a game essentially defined its console, if it found success on a later platform, it probably sold more on a later platform, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of any.
2: Although I do ones.
3: think uh, Final Fantasy has the most ports.
1: Uh, probably gonna like it. It would depend. I would actually say Doom has the most ports. Also, Doom would be a good candidate as well.
5: Doom also has the challenge, the personal challenge of seeing how many different crazy things you can port it to.
1: Yeah, like it became a programmer challenge to port it to as many things as possible. And I doubt anyone's first experience with Doom was on a uh, pregnancy test, but someone sure tried to port it to one. thought Um, they succeeded. It it depends upon how you consider success, but yeah. Um, One, two,
5: three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different systems for the original Final Fantasy.
1: Yeah, I think I can can concede there being more for Doom, just because, like, even if we only count official ports, I feel like Doom probably has more. Let me double check. Because uh, off the top of my head, you've got the original Windows, uh, the original DOS version, the Windows 95 version. You can argue about whether those are ports. I would consider them ports because they had to function quite differently.
5: It has its own Wikipedia page, dedicated specifically to known platforms to which it has been ported.
1: Yeah. Uh, 32X, (laughs) Super Nintendo, PS1, Saturn, Xbox, Game Boy Advance. Um,
5: just for official, we have 8 PC ports, 11 console ports, 3 other ports, and... (laughs) I love the other, that's terrifying. I mean, it's coming iOS, um, Pi Pico, and Web TV as not console or PC.
1: That's fair. I suppose that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, just absolutely indescribable. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! And god, they there was a next the next step. Sports sports of this. What lunatic was playing was actually using a next step as a gaming computer. That was the people that the the Mac gaming people got to make fun of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We all sagely nods his head.
0: Until Apple just bought them and that kind of became.
1: Yeah, Apple basically iOS. became Next Step. Yes. Um,
5: and then but, they became yeah.
0: garbage. But that's <laughs> that's a different story.
1: More so,
5: but, but yeah, Next Step was it, the actual original version?
1: Uh, basically, like Matt, Apple spent years and years trying to like, re engineer their OS properly and eventually uh like steve jobs had gone off to work with a company called next step and that was like they had their own like unix derived uh os and computers and eventually apple basically bought them and made their made next step essentially their new board of directors and the next step os became the basis of mac os 10.
0: yeah i believe that's how jobs ended up back at apple
1: it is (laughs) But yeah, like some of these are like no, no one played, uh, played games, uh, on some of these OSs. Like no one played next games on next OS. No one played games on OS slash two. I've never <laughs> oh even. Oh god, heard there's an
0: OS slash two port.
1: Yep, Doom oh was god. ported to OS slash two by an independent con- contractor who was hired by IBM to port it in Sin
3: City. Used Although, oh, that's another before. game that's gotten numerous ports. Sim oh City. yeah, there's
1: there's a bazillion SimCities. But uh, I, I just want to point out, Doom has been ported to OSs I've never heard of. I've never heard of Irix. <laughs> yeah. Have there no a Solaris
0: of port of Doom?
1: There is a Solaris yes, port. Is.
0: Of course there is. But wheels, what him. the f- what is Irix? I have no idea what Irix is. I don't know what Irix is either, actually. <laughs> um discontinued operating system
5: developed by silicon graphics oh that was so for silicon graphics was for
0: workstations
1: it's a- no one was playing games on a, on a on a silicon graphics workstation it didn't make any sense they were like thirty thousand dollars.
3: it was a closed
1: source item right
3: okay so probably ported to it by someone who worked there yeah yeah
1: Iron's Doom was originally based on the unreleased MS-DOS version 1.5. The later updates were based on version 1.6 and 1.8. No no effort was made to take advantage of STS advanced graphics hardware, and like many other parts of the game it was rendered entirely in software rendering. But yeah, like like Doom Grand Champion, that's like absolutely terrifying. Oh boy, Acorn Risco. No one's ever used this. Just in case you wanted to play Doom on your Acorn Archimedes. In 1998. <laughs> <laughs> this was an official port. They licensed this. Oh, my... Oh, I'm so happy. That's so dumb. Why would you do this? Oh, uh, 32X. Oh, yeah, the JAG.
3: Bragging rights?
1: I, I mean, like, they, they sold this. This was licensed you can't do that you can't just sell something for bragging right? someone thought they could make money off this uh oh, radio yeah. you know, interactive multiplayer oh man that version that version's so incredible Wave Advance xbox x 360 playstation 3 25th anniversary ios raspberry pi slash pico os web tv and also you can apparently play doom within doom eternal (laughs) (laughs) you know
3: yes yes you can play doom within doom eternal that i can confirm
0: like is that a mod or is that like is it the game is just in there somewhere
1: in doom eternal the original doom and doom
0: 2 games are available
1: playing the doom players pc in the fortress of doom both need to be unlocked. The first by collecting all the in-game uh, cheat codes, and the second via the password "Flying Taggart." Flying Taggart.
5: Flynn Taggart.
1: Oh, Flynn Taggart. Yes. So yeah, uh, no, the, they are officially within Doom Eternal. You can play Doom inside Doom. <sighs>
0: that sounds about right.
3: It sounds like something they do.
2: Yeah.
0: It's uh.
1: It's it's the logical endpoint to the Doom ship post where you make a game where you can play Doom inside Doom and now uh, someone's going to try to make Doom inside Doom inside Doom and like the Ouroboros will destroy
3: itself. <sighs> well at some point they uh, watch them put like Doom Eternal inside of the uh, layer Doom.
1: Oh god. Yeah, but by that point I'll be like sixty, so it'll be
0: Doom Eternal? I need to finish Doom so I can play Doom Eternal.
1: Doom 2016 stuck so up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah.
5: In all the source ports which are Oh yeah, all, all those.
1: Yeah, the, those are as infinite as the Sands of the Ocean, so.
3: Like I, I was thinking the... specifically
1: just of things that were official, because when you get into unofficial it's just like, yep, that's
2: infinite. Completely infinite. <laughs>
5: And now we got Nintendo DS, Digita OS, iPod, Zune, Texas Instruments, multiples. Of course. Um, Gemini 400 for many other things, Symbian, Nokia series. <laughs> HTML5, WebAssembly, Java. Literally, yes. Hewlett Packard's 16700 series included as an Easter egg on Hewlett Packard's later series. Okay. No mention of the pregnancy test one, but well, or whatever it was.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, Maybe yeah, that it, was just it, a rumor. No, definitely someone made something render on the pregnancy test. Whether it counted as being played was, uh, and whether it properly worked as a port using the original data is another question entirely. But, okay, but yeah, I think that that probably, it's, it's very late for me and very late for wheels, so we should probably cut this one. Yeah. Uh, Gaijin, tell us of your exploits. Oh, and and exploits
5: at the mo- I was going to say exploits at the moment. I'm currently doing edits on a mer- on a deep sea mermaid adventure novel series. Oh, okay. oh no, I mean, I started writing it like 12 years ago, and just <laughs> so you know, I really need to rewrite the first 50,000 words of this.
1: Uh, I mean, that's most drafts,
5: so. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, the first 50,000 words of it are now the first 72,000 words of it. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, um, all those writers on Twitter, you see, they're they're doing edits, and they're like, "Oh, I managed to cut off this much, this many words out of it." I'm like, "No, no, we're we're trying to add stuff in. We want to bulk Mm. this thing up." (laughs) But anyway, for the actual stuff that has been published, um, we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. In ebook or dead tree format, um, believe it or not, the ebook actually gets me more back in royalties and is cheaper overall. Mm-hmm. So, um, but if you really would like a physical copy, go ahead, knock yourself out. It tickles me pink to think that anyone would. Um, so we have the uh, classic scenario of a bunch of kids playing tabletop RPGs for the first time and getting absolutely everything wrong at one point or another. Um, and just enjoying the entire experience. So mm. if you in, if you enjoy tabletop games, if you enjoy watching other people play them, if you get vicarious thrills through bad d- dice rolls and even worse personal decisions, because let's face it, nobody has the wisdom score of a paladin, not even the person playing the paladin, um, then... Let's check them out. So again that's Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yadimizu, Yarimizu, Y A R I M I Z U available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited.
2: Damn.
3: And you can catch me along with several other people. Um, seven days a week at twitch.tv slash rpgamer uh, where we also host uh, Q&A Quest streaming uh, I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays mornings uh, you can also catch uh, Hairfrog uh, Scar who's doing a retro wheel and JC Servant who is playing several several different games at the moment so always something to do watch or catch up on there
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, wheels.
0: Uh, you can catch me on my channel on twitch.tv slash wheels, where I often stream first person shooter first or third person shooties. Uh, going to be some more paladins of because their publisher is cool, uh, and less Fortnite. <laughs> Uh, We also do uh, Sunday Night Shenanigans, now on my channel, which is going to be a lot more fighting games and other random multiplayer nonsense uh, due to an internet outage we missed last week and didn't have yet to play the Capcom Fighting Collection, so that's probably going to be up this week. That's it for me. Mm
1: uh you can catch us every wednesday night typically around 9 p.m pacific midnight eastern uh where we record q a quest live you can ask us questions in the chat or you can ask them in discord if you aren't in the discord you should join it even if you don't want to ask us questions you can find it by going to rpgmo.com, and clicking the community tab and get an invite there talk about all your favorite rpgs and plenty of things that aren't rpgs um Otherwise, uh, you can also ask us questions in the comments under this very episode. Not many people do that nowadays, but it is an option available to you. Uh, uh, We'd like to thank Fireminer for the uh, questions this week. And otherwise, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. See ya.